Hello and welcome to another episode of the Rough Golf Podcast. I am your host, Jake Harris. Episode number five, Why Live Golf is Here to Stay. And before we get started, I wanted to ask you guys to please leave a rating and review for the podcast if you're enjoying this podcast. Uh, Share it with your friends. Pass it on to your golf buddies. I would really, really appreciate that. Let's go ahead and tee off. So, Live Golf. It's on everybody's mind. It seems to be pretty much everywhere right now. And there were a lot of people who said, Live Golf isn't going to last very long. You know, the the players that have have gone over there, they're going to make a quick buck and the the tour is going to crumble and they're just going to come back to the PGA. But that's not true. That's not happening. Here we are. We've got several events of the Live Golf that have already taken place. Some of them have been nail biters. I mean, look at what happened in Boston, Massachusetts. That was... (laughs) a great example of how live golf can shock people and get people excited about golfing on a completely different tour from the PGA tour. I'm sure everybody has watched the highlights, but if you haven't, Dustin Johnson sinks a 35 foot putt for Eagle. I mean, the thing like speeds up, hits the back of the cup, pops up a little bit and then goes into the hole. It was, it was pretty darn cool. And that level of excitement that the fans had was shared by everybody who was watching that tournament. So it goes to show that the product that Live Golf is putting out can be exciting, can be interesting, can compete with the product from the PGA. Another issue that the PGA is having is the number of talented players that have left the PGA and have migrated to live golf. When you look at a PGA leaderboard, the names just aren't there. I mean, you got Rory, you got Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, John Rahm. You're missing some of the big personalities. You're missing Bryson. You're missing Kepka. You're missing DJ. You're missing Cam Smith now, most recent signer. So with live golf posting those big flashy names on their leaderboard, it it draws a lot of attention. Their product is getting pretty good. I watched some of the Live Golf Tournament in Chicago, and I was pretty impressed with what I saw. Yeah, the the, the product that Live Golf's putting out right now, like their filming and stuff, isn't isn't quite up to snuff with the PGA and that weird like column that they've got on the left where the, I mean, that that's kind of distracting from golf. I get what they're trying to do, you know, the fonts and, and all that kind of stuff. They're trying to bring in a younger crowd and get them excited about golf and make it seem like a more interactive type of experience when you're watching golf. Because, I mean, golf can get rather dry and boring sometimes when you're watching it on television. You know, I'd much rather be playing golf than watching golf. But the live tour, it's getting there. You know, the product is getting there, especially with the excitement that we saw in Massachusetts, which I, I mentioned earlier. But in Chicago, Cam Smith bringing home the W, okay, played really, really well. And I enjoyed watching some of that tournament. I mean, it. I don't really sit down and watch a full golf tournament. I don't know who would really have time for that, to do that three days in a row or four days in a row if you're watching PGA. But I like to go back and look at the highlights. And then, of course, 
during some of the days that the tournament is actually being played, I do tune in and check it out and see what's going on. And uh, I'm impressed. I think that if they just do a little critiquing on their uh, actual presentation, then Live Golf is going to have an A-plus product. They've already got the names. The names are there. You, you can't argue with that. You know, PGA still has some good players, but if you look at the talent that Live Golf has drawn, there's a lot of big hitters, a lot of big names, and they're posting good scores. So I think with all that talent, it's going to be very, very difficult for Live Golf to just fall apart. They've already paid out buku bucks for getting all of these guys signed on and playing. They're offering up huge purses. The money's too good. That, that tour is not going to go away. That tour is going to stay there. It's going to compete with the PGA. I mean, come on. The, the talent alone is enough to watch Live Golf. If you look at a PGA leaderboard, you're probably going to recognize, what, maybe one or two names on that leaderboard. Now, granted, the fields are a lot bigger. Okay, I get that. And there's some up-and-coming stars that are trying to make a name for themselves. But if you look at a Live Golf leaderboard, you're going to recognize quite a few names on there because they've made the smart play. They, they brought in the big names off of the PGA that have a ton of talent, some really unique playing styles and unique personalities, which is which is really cool. And they've got a mix, you know, of players that are maybe a little bit older. Phil Mickelson is a little bit older when you're talking about the lifespan of a professional golfer. Uh, technically, he qualifies for the Champions Tour. So 50 and over is is uh, the Champions Tour for the PGA. And then you're, you're all the way down to some of these younger guys, you know, Joaquin Neiman, um, some of these up-and-coming names that made uh, a name for themselves on the PGA Tour, and now they have more opportunity to spread their wings on the Live Golf Tour with a reduced field. And I think that's another appealing thing uh, for the Live Golf Tour is that you've got a reduced field, so you've got 48 players, okay, and then you also have 54 whole events. If you've got a bad round in a PGA Tour event, you've got an additional 18 holes to recover versus 54 holes in a Live Golf event. Now, I know what you're saying out there. Live Golf doesn't have a cut. PGA does. Yes, I understand that. But still, you've got 54 holes, so the play, you, you, you have less room to post a bad round. You do. I mean, even if you come in last, you're going to make 120 grand. I get that. I get that. Okay. I'm not saying that the structure's perfect. I'm not saying that maybe Live Golf in the future shouldn't consider a cut. And maybe they will. They might introduce that later on to make things even more competitive. But if you look at the room for error, 54 holes versus 72, you have less room for error on the 54 hole event. You, you just do. I mean, it's 18 fewer holes. Come on. So with Live Golf, top players, okay, exciting playing style. I mean, Boston, Massachusetts proves it. Got a playoff. It's drumming up some excitement. Shotgun starts. It's something new. It's something different. 
And if you look at the crowds, it seems like they've got a lot of support for this. Now, I'm, I've heard some other podcasters mention, as well as uh, some of the golf news sites mention, that the crowd's a little more raucous, more rowdy, okay? I understand that, you know, it, Live Golf might be trying to uh, change the sport a little bit to have a little bit more fan interaction. You know, I've been to a few PGA Tour events and, you know, it's all hushed and quiet and you, you can't even whisper, you can't even whisper while, while the players are on the tee box, okay? And then it goes silent when the guy raises the, uh, the quiet cue stick, whatever you want to call that, the cue card stick, I don't even know, the quiet stick. And everybody gets quiet and then the player hits and then somebody screams out, mashed potatoes or some weird food reference. I don't even know where that started after the guy hits a golf ball. I mean, I think that's ridiculous. But the mashed potatoes thing, not actually, you know, getting excited after a good hit. But, you know, cheering, playing music, uh, more fan involvement is what I see when I look at the Live Golf Tour. That's a good thing for golf. Getting people excited about the sport of golf is a good thing. If it seems like it ruffles the feathers of some of those traditionalists out there who, you know, want what the PGA has given them for decades, then I understand that's going to upset some people. However, Live Golf is trying to bring in a larger audience. They want the people who have enjoyed the PGA to check it out, but also they want to bring new people in. They want to make the sport a little more enjoyable to watch, to see live, you know, fan interaction is a good thing. I don't care what you say. It's going to be nothing but good for the sport. Now, I understand you can't go to these events acting like some fool, you know, screaming at the top of your lungs or doing anything silly like that. That's This isn't a football game, okay? There's a time and place for that type of cheering. But if Liv wants to bring in, uh, you know, a slightly different atmosphere to help promote and advance the sport of golf so that the participants as well as the spectators feel like they're involved in what's going on, that's a good thing. That's that's a purely good thing. And that is something that because it is different, Live Golf is going to be here to stay because of that level of fan involvement, among with those other things that I've listed, you know, top talent, nail-biting playoffs, exciting events that are you know, 54 holes and not 72 holes drawn out for a long period of time, a smaller playing field. And, and of course, the, the future of Live Golf and all of the possibilities, teams, the potential for franchise teams, which would be definitely unique in golf, never been done before, but it would be pretty cool, I think, at least, something different. Now, the one roadblock to live golf's success right now seems to be the broadcasting rights, okay? The Saudi backers for the Live Golf Tour want a return on investment. That's what this whole experiment is. And it's it's going really well. The experiment, don't be mistaken, is going really well. It's producing results. Because Greg Norman, the head of the Live Golf Tour, is rumored to be in talks with several different networks to provide the streaming rights 
for the Live Golf events. And the second that they lock in those streaming rights is the second that they are going to see that return on investment. Once the Live Golf events become mainstream and they're broadcast and Live Golf's getting paid for that product, it's a done deal. Close the books, they're here to stay. We're going to enjoy Live Golf for however long the players want to play. So return on investment is, is the big sticking point, though. They've got to secure that deal before they're going to be able to take the next step. That Saudi wealth fund that has invested in Live Golf and the creation of Live Golf is only going to last so long. The, the big bonuses that they've shelled out to the players, they want to return on that investment. That wasn't just a gift. It's an investment for the future of the Live Golf Tour. So they need to start making some money to replenish what they've spent to get this thing up and running. Now, Live Golf offers a fairly new product in the world of golf. You know, their playing style, their broadcasting style, filming style, whatever you want to call it, is slightly different from the PGA. I mean, some of the stuff's there, shop tracers. But as I mentioned before, that uh, that column on the left-hand side that's got the teams and where they're ranking and the individual players and all that, it's new, it's, it's exciting, it's interesting for some people. Some people may find it a little bit annoying. I'm not a huge fan of it, but uh, maybe that's just because I'm not really all that used to it yet. You know, there, there haven't been hundreds of live golf events that have consistently displayed that type of production. But live golf has a more relaxed atmosphere. I mean, they're playing music at the events, okay? Finally, 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 professional golfers can wear shorts. I mean, of all the silly rules in golf, the fact that those guys were made to wear pants while they're playing golf is ridiculous, okay? As you can see with the Live Golf events, shorts look just as clean and nice as pants. And with the player being more comfortable because they can wear shorts in their cooler, they're going to be able to focus more on their golf game instead of being uncomfortable because they're hot and sweaty in their long pants. Okay, so that, that's a rule that I am so happy to see uh, Live Golf just throwing out the window. Let them wear shorts, okay? It's all right. Let them wear shorts. All of these advancements by Live Golf, all of these changes to the traditional, uh, you know, PGA-based product that everybody has grown up with, it probably scares a few people, you know, and that, that fear that you're seeing, it comes out in the form of people being in one of two camps. You're in the PGA camp or you're in the tour camp. And I think that the reason behind that is because there it's change, you know. They're, the live golf has brought a change into the professional golfing world, and that scares people. Humans don't like change, okay? We, we just don't. We want everything to, you know, stay the same, and it's just where we're comfortable in our routines. You know, we're comfortable in the product that the PGA has provided. I mean, have you ever wondered why, you know, when a new product comes out, people will always say, oh, it's not as good as the old or anything like that. You know, how can this be better than what we already have? And a little bit of that has to do with, you know, fear and uncertainty of a, a piece of new technology or anything like that, you know. And golf's no different. Professional golf's no different. How many people do you think were worried that the PGA Tour was going to suffer significantly by losing a lot of its top talent? 
And that's still up in the air. I mean, PGA Tour has been around for a long time. Live Golf is trying to carve out its own little spot in the professional golf arena. And it doesn't have those decades of strong fan backing that the PGA Tour does. And with those decades, we've all become used to the product. So Live Golf's product seems like uh, it's not really professional. You know, they're playing music. The crowd's real rowdy. This doesn't really feel like golf to me. And, you know, maybe for the first few events, it didn't. But then Boston happened. And you, you just, you know, it, it threw me for a loop. I was excited. I was focused on it. I wanted to see what happened. I was drawn in to that golf match. That doesn't really happen at a lot of other PGA Tour events. You know, yes, the majors are always going to draw big crowds because that majors are true golf. I mean, man, you're talking about, you know, the absolute top field in the entire world playing golf, playing their heart out to be the number one, to bring home the W. So that golf is exciting from day one till day four. I mean, it just is. But your standard everyday average event it doesn't always bring that excitement that you're looking for. And I'm not saying every live golf event will be that way. But with the playoff that we saw in Boston, it has the potential to be that way. All this boils down to live golf providing a new product for people to enjoy, for, for golf fans of all ages to enjoy. Yes, I think live golf is aimed at a younger crowd. I think they're trying to appeal to up-and-coming golfers who maybe, you know, they didn't really enjoy what the PGA had to put out there. Or maybe maybe that's not fair to say because maybe they weren't captivated by golf based off of what they've seen from, you know, a PGA Tour event or a DP World Tour event, something like that. But Live Golf, with its emphasis on fan involvement, that's opening up a new channel for up-and-coming golfers. You know, if I were a, a 15 or 16-year-old kid and I was excited about golf, I mean, the PGA is like this, is the gold standard, okay? When I was growing up, it was the gold standard. You know, I, I loved uh, reading about the PGA, watching the PGA Tour events, you know, dreaming one day I could be a good enough golfer. I'd be in the PGA, just like, just like every golfer out there, every kid out there. And that was the only tour that I really, I mean, that was the top level tour that you could play on. And, and there really was no other pro tour in America. I mean, once you hit the PGA, you were done. And you had no other options. But now there's the Live Golf Tour. So that same kid coming up through high school on the golf team, excited about, you know, maybe he's really good. Maybe he wants to, to take his career into college and into the next level. He's got a couple tours to choose from, Live Golf and PGA. I'd like to see more tours come out. I'd like to see more competition, more opportunity for players to basically play more golf. I think that's a good thing for professional golf, for up-and-coming amateur golfers to have more opportunities to play on different tours. You know, each tour is going to have its own different flavor, if you will. I like to relate a lot of stuff to food because I like to eat a lot. So, allow those different tours, those different flavors, to be provided to all the up-and-coming golfers. You know, let them have the option of 
choosing which tour they want to play on, which tour best fits their style of play. I'm getting a little off track here with that, but Live Golf is here to stay no matter what anybody says. PGA is going to be here to stay too. They're not going anywhere. This fight will subside the second that Live Golf gets broadcasting rights. You might as well just stop arguing because they're not going away. If for some oddball reason, if for some oddball reason, Live Golf is not able to get broadcasting rights and they're not going to see a return on that investment, then maybe, maybe they won't last. But I think that's a very, very slim chance, very slim chance, because they've shown they can provide just as good a product, if not better in some cases, for some people, some spectators, than the PGA. And if you can compete on that level, then there's a place for you in professional golf. Live Golf has already set up their second season. They're building a, a really beefy roster of 48 players. It's going to happen. Nothing's going to shut it down. I mean, as, as much as the, I know that there's a big talk right now about the official world golf rankings, they're going to get that worked out because they can't, they can't hold off from that forever. Eventually, they will have to relent, and those players that are on the Live Golf Tour will be allowed to enter back into the official world golf rankings. It'll happen. So wherever you fall in the battle of the PGA versus Live Golf, I just want you to consider that throughout history, whenever something new was introduced, there's always a little bit of uncertainty. But we eventually come to enjoy that product. Think about from the first person that decided to stop riding in a horse and carriage and start riding in an automobile. I'm sure at the time they thought the automobile was, you know, a creation of, I don't know, out of this world, and that it wasn't going to make it. It wasn't going to stay, because everybody knew and loved horses and the carriage. That's what they were comfortable with and familiar with. But the automobile is here, and look at where it is now. we got electric automobiles. I mean, look at Tesla. It's crazy, right? So it's here to stay. Live Golf is going to be here to stay, and I think that's a good thing. More fan involvement is nothing but a good thing. Let's advance golf everywhere around the world. Live Golf is doing that. Let's not stop that, okay? Please, if you've enjoyed this podcast, leave a rating and review. It really, really helps out the podcast, and I would appreciate it. It means a lot to me. I thank you guys so much for listening, and as always, keep on swimming.